You are listening to the Motherhood Unstressed Podcast. I'm your host, Liz Carlisle. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am so glad that you're here and that you decided to press play uh, and join this community of women all over the world who are looking to not only up-level their lives, but also connect. And that is really, I think, the mission behind Motherhood Unstressed. It's about learning and growing and getting better, but it's also about connecting to other women out there who are going through the same thing. So when you tune in, when you listen to these interviews and then share it and tag us at Motherhood Unstressed, it starts to to get that feedback. You know, you, you see other women who are listening and going through the same thing and you're like, okay, I'm not alone. I'm not alone in this. And uh, it just, it's it's, it's uplifting in every sense of the word. Um, and my guest this week is absolutely in alignment with that ethos, with that mission. You probably know her from her work on the film Call Me By Your Name with Timothy Chamolet. She's a film producer, but she's also a best-selling author. And her last book, How to Be Parisian, blew up on the charts. It was a New York Times bestseller for weeks and weeks. And her new book, Older But Better But Older, is doing the same thing. And this is a book that dives into the pros and cons of aging for the modern woman. And this episode, this conversation is about loving yourself where you are, accepting the inevitability of aging, but also, and most importantly, about not allowing age to be an excuse Life is meant to be lived no matter what your age is. And so to allow aging to be an excuse to not do what you want to do um, is just a huge fallacy. And so I'm so glad that Sophie is sharing that message from the book, from her own life, and um, and really up-leveling, I think, all of us in the process. So if you love this episode, please share it with at least one friend who might be going through uh, an existential crisis with, <laughs> with aging or not, um, and tag us at Motherhood Unstressed on Instagram, and I'll, of course, share it back out. I hope you love this episode with Sophie Moss. This episode is brought to you by Public Goods, the one-stop shop for affordable, sustainable, healthy household products, from home and personal care to premium pantry staples, all in one place. Rather than buying from a bunch of single product brands, Public Good members can buy all of their premium essentials in one place with one beautiful, streamlined aesthetic. Public Goods searches the globe to find clean, healthy, eco-friendly, and innovative products like sulfate-free shampoo, hand sanitizer, and tree-free paper products. And I really enjoyed the shampoo bar. I've never used a bar for shampoo, and it actually left my hair feeling really silky soft, light, and I didn't have to wash it as much, which was a big surprise and something I really appreciated as a busy mom. I also really like the hand sanitizer. I mean, with everything going on, who wouldn't appreciate that in a really attractive, minimalistic bottle? Um, and we've worked out an exclusive deal just for Motherhood Unstressed podcast listeners. You receive $15 off your first public goods order with no minimum purchase. That's right. They are so confident that you will absolutely love their products and come back again and again that they are giving you $15 to spend on your first purchase. You have nothing to lose. Just go to publicgoods.com slash unstressed or use code unstressed at checkout. That is P-U-B-L-I-C-G-O-O-D-S.com forward slash unstressed to receive your $15 off your first order. 
This episode is brought to you by the Homeschool Buyers Co-op. And what is that exactly? Well, it's the world's largest buyers club for homeschooling families. Founded in 2005, they're a family-owned and operated business dedicated to providing top quality curriculum at the lowest price possible. And the best news yet, it's completely free to join. But if you use my referral code MOTHERHOOD, you automatically get 5,000 points, which translates to cash to buy anything that you would like on the website. And basically, school districts get discounts. They have buying power, but rarely do homeschooling families have that kind of clout. And so by joining a co-op, you automatically get entered into that. You you are part of that community. Uh, Their website for you is homeschoolbuyersco-op.org. Again, use my referral code, check it out. You know, as someone who struggled with doing virtual learning last spring due to COVID, I have definitely been checking out some other options. And yes, that includes homeschooling. And so being a part of a co-op where you actually have buying power is essential if that's the route you want to go. Well, hello, Sophie. Welcome to the show. I am so glad that you're here. I I had to have you on the show after reading your amazing book, Older But Better But Older. So welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah. And, you know, I think my audience knows this, but they might not. Um, I studied abroad in France. I've always been obsessed with French language and culture and just the effortless I don't know, effortless mystery and beauty that French women seem to embody naturally. I don't know how that's possible. Um, So diving right in, talk to us about this new book that you have um, on aging. How did it come to be? It formed the same way the the first one had had started, Um, you know, just real life conversations with friends. Uh, It was the same team from How to Be Parisian. It's, um, you know, friends. Uh, We are godmothers of of our friends' children. Uh, We exchange the, you know, um, ideas and and tips on on how to be happy and how to maneuver the challenges of of professional life and um, personal life. And... uh, I can't really remember how it started, but probably, you know, just talking about wrinkles or talking about how suddenly we, we, we said it in the book, just how suddenly you go to the dermatologist and then they, you just go for to check a mole and then they ask you where you want the Botox and you've never asked for Botox. Mm. And just these little tiny things that start changing as you, you know, you are in your 30s or, you know, can happen later for, for the, the, the lucky ones, but it's just these, these tiny things. And I was sharing a few anecdotes with, with Caroline de Maigret and others with Anne Berest. And, and uh, it was just like, oh, it happened to me or, oh, it, you know, how it's like, oh, this dermatologist, like who is this guy? I, I would never go to, to, to see him. So we started compiling a bit of the things that had happened to us and how we felt different, how maybe people were looking at us differently when we felt we were still the same. And so just very, very organically, just like how to be Parisian, it was, oh, maybe we should, maybe we should write about it. Maybe we should, you know, try to understand what has changed and why we've changed maybe when we, we didn't feel we had changed so much. So this was kind of an ongoing conversations of just, yeah, talking about what it means to to get older. 
Yeah. And I think that that's so spot on because as you say in the book, it's such a gradual process. We're talking years of little tiny changes. And so then when you're hit with something like a comment by a dermatologist, you're kind of like, well, where did that come from? But it's been building. And I, I think at least in America, women don't really have these types of conversations. We might complain about this or that, but we don't have that collaborative spirit. Is that something that you think is uniquely French? I didn't know that about about uh, America because I I have a lot of American friends and I feel like we've we're talking a lot about these things as well. What we realized is that we didn't there wasn't any books or we didn't really we hadn't heard about this and we felt like as much as um, you know the feedback on how to be Parisian was oh you sometimes you make me feel better or reading this text in your book made me feel like, oh, I wasn't perfect, but it was okay. Uh, you know, and that was the concept on, on how to be Parisian. It was just like, there is no perfect woman and you should embrace who you are with, you know, what you have. And, 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 and I think that was also the kind of similar direction for this book was, okay, maybe we can, because we were helping each other with Caroline. We were like, oh, thank you for telling me this because that makes me feel better actually. Mm -hmm. And so we're like, maybe we should write more about it because maybe we can help other to feel a little better about, you know, this kind of pillow mark that doesn't go away or the, you know, the gray hair or what happens when suddenly people don't see you as much as they, they, they used to in a party. You, you, you would enter a party and you could feel like people were watching you and then suddenly it's not the same vibe. So I think, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I th I mean, and reading that, like, it's so spot on, like these little nuances. It's like, yes, they're, they're hitting on something that every single woman has experienced, especially the older she gets. I mean, even when you're in your 20s, you don't get that same attention that you might get when you're, you know, 17 or 18 absolutely. or 16. Um, I mean, was that really, when you were writing it, was it, did you realize that this is going to be calling out what women have been experiencing for eons? We didn't know, but but as we felt it amongst our inner circle, we could we could see that it was talking to people. And when we you know we spoke to to our publisher, which was the same publisher as as before, it was, they were like, yeah, it really it really speaks to me. Mm -hmm. What is really interesting that we didn't know at first as we were writing, it was kind of a you know a therapy again of like, oh maybe it will also help us feel a lot better about what what is going on. Is that we realized um, that until you until you, you, you haven't reached that moment, you don't understand. You feel like, oh, the others, it's, it, it's happening to others, but it won't happen to me. You know, you're like, oh, I've seen, you know, my friends age a little bit or, but it doesn't concern me. And, and suddenly it's like, everything is shifting and you're not prepared at all. And, and that's really uh, what we realized because maybe on Monday, this person, you will, you know, hand them the book and they will really like, I'm not part of this people, you know? <laughs> and then on Tuesday, something will change suddenly and you're like, oh, okay, mm -hmm. now I get it. And, uh, and uh, that was really, really interesting because you could instantly feel who was part of the circle and who wasn't. And it's really as, as gradual as it can be, suddenly when it shifts, you get it. Mm -hmm. I feel that way about becoming a mother too. You know, it's like, Absolutely. I, 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 I've been thinking about it a lot. It's just like, you're 
so much more i mean you you probably know more about about it than me but it's just like how you're kinder to your friends that just had a baby and don't respond to your text how you understand a lot of the up and downs of hormones of everything and you're like oh i get it now and it's just it's exactly the same exactly the same yeah and i think what you're doing really is kind of a, it, it's a work of feminism really because it's it's talking about something that most women have kept quiet that you don't want to talk about you don't want to show any kind of weakness certainly about feeling bad about your looks or anything like that because society you know wants to promote just love yourself as you are. You're fine. You're good at any age, at any weight, whatever it may be. And then you're like, no, like we, we care about this. Like there's whole industries dedicated to lingerie and face cream and all of that because we feel this way. Um, what's your advice on how to balance that feeling, you know, feeling good about yourself, loving who you are versus, you know, changing some things, maybe getting surgery, maybe doing whatever to, to really feel your best. Absolutely. We try to think about that. I think what the first realization is since you're going to change and there's nothing you can do about it, even surgery, there's not yet, <laughs> there hasn't been the perfect surgery of, you know, uh, and also I think it's good to look your age uh, and to have like, to have your face be a, you know, um, uh, a witness of what you've been through and also who you are. Um, the first, yeah, realization was, um, there's nothing you can do and you're going to lose no matter what, if you try to, to be against it. So how can you embrace the fact that you're going to change? That's, that's one thing. Of course, surgery can help, but it's also don't put all your eggs in the basket of the look. You know, mm -hmm. if it's, if everything is going to be about your look, maybe at some point the others are going to be looking better than you uh, because they're younger and you used to be that person, but now you've reached another, another step in your life. So I think that's absolutely what we wanted to, to talk about with Caroline is, okay, you care about your look. And we gave, we gave some tips about how, you know, about style, about makeup, about, you know, um, a lot of things. But I think what is the most important is what is in your head and and for us uh and i i don't think it's general but i we're, we're just talking about us and how we feel i think curiosity being in movement hanging out with people who are not necessarily your age older younger being active you know it's um it's something that for us is really really important uh and it's something that we kind of um summarized as Age should never be an excuse for anything. So if you want to start a new life, if you want to start a job, it's not because you're 35, 50 that you cannot do it. Um, you know, the things that make you uh, feel alive uh, or suddenly you have a new hobby, all these kind of things uh, will probably, at, at least for us, we bet will probably be better than surgery eventually uh, because happiness and being alive and having friends and caring for people and I don't know traveling if that's what you like or going to the library or you know being in the sun whatever works as much as you feel like you're happy I guess um, that being said the balance is of course you'd rather erase the wrinkles you'd rather erase you know the the the, the skin or you, you know that is sagging I don't know the the, the right terms in English but Yes, you have, you have some solution. And solutions is knowing yourself, 
knowing what suits you. The things that suited you when you were 20 probably don't suit you anymore. Uh, the hair, uh, the haircut, the, the clothes. So that is that takes a little bit of, of self-knowledge, uh, trying things out. Um, so we, you know, we listed them with, with Caroline in the book about how probably we're more, we take more risks when it comes to clothes. We used to be like, you know, real Parisian, kind of uniform in black or boyish or and we understand now as we're getting older why sometimes you know Catherine Deneuve or other icons we had were kind of were daring mm -hmm. and as much as we didn't want to take many risks when we were younger we're kind of understanding it so for instance Caroline had said like you know wear a sweater or a shirt maybe two sides uh, bigger than what you you would normally have um, it's kind of having a different um, structure in the clothes like maybe, maybe a really thin uh, a really thin um, trousers and then a big a big blouse or colors you know try out the colors that probably you wouldn't have tried before so this is something that that uh, we try to 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 list to maybe so that can maybe be advice or suggestions for people. Again, it's everybody's different. Also, we talked about how our bodies changed and how you need to emphasize what makes you feel good. If you like your breast or if you like your legs, how it's, it's easy actually to, if you feel like you're a little tired, just put some colors somewhere else and then you'll look you look good because if you, you know, a bag or shoes, uh, they will somehow lighten you, you know, put some light on you. And, uh... and now a quick break with a word from our sponsor. This episode is sponsored by Smart for Life. The Smart for Life program is a healthy way for quick and safe weight loss. By following the program correctly, you can burn 3,500 calories or one pound every two days. It was created by Dr. Sassan Mulavi, who's a bariatric physician with over 20 years of experience. The Smart for Life diet can help you lose weight the healthy and sustainable way. And so what happens on this diet? Well, you get to eat cookies, but they're not just regular cookies. It's um, five to six cookies that you eat throughout the day with a glass of water, and they're full of protein and fiber, and they're low in sugar. So it's everything that your body needs to be healthy without all of the other junk. And if you're not a fan of cookies, I don't know how that could be but some people aren't. They also have delicious soups and shakes. So this is a very effective diet to help you lose weight if you have been struggling and nothing is budging and you're looking for something new and safe and actually healthy to do that. So head over to smartforlife.com and check out their program today. And you have to be really creative. As much as there's not so much you can do about your face, there are a few tips, but it's also a global view of yourself that people see and sometimes really focus on tiny things when you know when you were a teenager you would focus on your pimple when mm -hmm. no one would really see it and it's I think seeing yourself as a global silhouette uh, also changes the way you're gonna put makeup on dress up uh, and choose the accessories like you know a scarf or a bag or shoes that will really put the the your um allure uh and and uh will make you feel really elegant or self-confident most importantly 
Yeah. And I think that's really the message that I get from the book. It's, it's, it's funny, but it's also empowering to, you know, make the best of what you have and to love everything that you've experienced in life, all of the lovers, all of, you know, the adventures, you know, when you want to become a mother, all of these things. It's like, it's really, I go, I go back to the word feminism because that's really what comes across. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's a book on aging, but it's really about taking control of how you mm-hmm. see yourself and how you mm-hmm. want to live in the world. Like that is powerful. I think that's the secret. If you let the others decide who you are, I think you will lose eventually. And the more powerful, the more uh, confidence you give to yourself. I think we're all very fragile and very, you know, we can be strong, but we can we can be weak. We can we have a lot of doubts. And as as much as I think we're all in the same in the same place. Um, the power you give yourself will 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 shine on 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 the rest of of the people around you, and uh, the choices that you make for yourself, uh, the way you surround yourself, uh, the people you surround yourself with. It's something really really key. You know, we talked about how at a certain age you should really, if you still have toxic people in your life, then it's not because of them. It's it's you have to to decide what you want for yourself, and. Um, so we try to be feminism. I, I really take it as a compliment. Uh, so thank you for saying it. We are absolutely feminist. Uh, we, there are many, many more uh, struggles to, 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 to make in terms of having you know, equal salaries uh, in, in the way, uh, for instance, in France, I don't know how it is in America about you know, uh, paternal leave, how everything can shift in the way uh, women are at house and how the, the, the men can, can support. I have a, a partner that is really supportive, but it's something that I've discussed with my friend and especially in quarantine is like, mm-hmm. there, there was a survey of how, uh, I think 95% of the men said that they were doing 50% of the, of the chores, you know, and how 15% of the women said that, you know, their husband was doing 50% of the, of the chores. So it's as much as, you know, we are completely um, uh, supporting the men and supporting any uh, uh, initiative to, to kind of, uh, you know, share the mental load. Uh, mm-hmm. I think there's still, uh, still progress to be, to be, to be done in, in, in that sense. And, um, and especially when you work, especially when you have a career, when you have kids, uh, it's a lot to, to juggle with. So we are trying to be feminist, uh, and, uh, and especially also in the, in the professional world, it's, it's, uh, there's, there's many things to do. But yeah. as you said, feminist is also being good to yourself and giving you the place that you deserve and, uh, and making choices that are uh, empowering in, 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 every, in every places and in all the places in your life, I think, with your family, uh, with your friends, with your work, with your, with your partner, with your kids. I think it's, it's very, very important. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it is in a sense, honoring yourself and honoring your best self and doing the yeah. things that are going to lift you up rather than bring you down. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Um, but going back to the work part, in addition to being an author, you're also a film producer and you worked yeah. on one of my very favorite films, Call Me By Your Name. Can you talk a little bit about that experience just because I'm dying to know? Ah, it was amazing experience. Um, Luca Guadagnino, the director, is a genius. 
he can film anything and, and it's, it's a work of art. Um, what I loved uh, about the film on top of the process and, and uh, you know, how it really echoed in, in people's hearts uh, is I think it's a true lesson of love, I think, uh, paternal love. I think the, the, the ending monologue is, is one of the most incredible scenes I've seen in cinema. Uh, recently about a father who, who loves his son uncondi unconditionally mm -hmm. um, and and right really also what I keep from the from the movie is also that it could have been labeled as you know a queer film or what it is for two men to be in love with with one another and for me it's really a film about love mm -hmm. period it's about what it is to experience first love and what it is to lose the first love and I think most of us have experienced that it's there's never again and you know a new loss of first love there's only one time that it happens and you're heartbroken in a way that you know is very you're usually young and it's like the end of the world and I think that's that's what really really is amazing in this film it's like what it what happens when you lose your first love and and he could really um touch the the this essence and uh, that's that's what the magic of the of movie making yeah did you know that it was going to be as big as it was when you no. first signed on no absolutely not absolutely not that's what's great and hard in cinema is that sometimes it happens great like call me by your names and sometimes you feel like it's it's uh, unique and nobody responds and you're like, oh, I've worked, you know, five years of my life on this and one week in the theaters and no one sees it. And it's, it can also be heartbreaking. But um, yeah, but there, there are some, some great examples like Call Me By Your Name. It, it, nobody could have, I mean, as talented as Luca was, it was an Italian film mm -hmm. with, you know, Army Hammer was famous, but not like he became. And also, especially like Timothée Chalamet was discovered and it rarely happens when you, you know, the DiCaprio or Brad Pitt, there's like the first film where they're, they're really identified and they can really break out as a star. Mm -hmm. It's, it's really something. So it could never, could never have happened that like that without the discovery of, of Timothée. Yeah. Oh, so beautiful. Um, so we've kind of, I don't want to give too much away about the book, so I'll leave the audience to go buy it for themselves. Um, mm -hmm. If there was one takeaway that you would want to leave with our audience about the beauty and, and reality of aging, about art, about life, about love, what would that be? We, there are many and, and we try to, to put them in the book. So, so I'm sure the, you know, your audience can, can find some, some answers in the book, but I think, the most important one for me, and it's something that I've really discussed with, with Caroline, is there's something about regrets. I think we all have regrets of, you know, when you go back on your teenage years or your 20s and, and you feel like, oh, I should have done this or I wish, I don't know, I wish I had traveled more or I wish um, I had done another, I don't know, something else in, in, at school. And we, we, we spoke a lot about this because you, we were kind of 
arriving at the conclusion of, okay, what have I learned in the, in the past 20 years or 15 years? And there's something about you should never regret what has not happened because if it hadn't, if it didn't happen, there's a reason you were not meant for that. And, and, you know, we have a lot of friends who say like, oh, I wish like, okay, it, yeah, you wish, but you know, you didn't have this, oh, I had so many lovers when I was 18 and I tried I, so many things. You're, just not that person. Mm. And I think aging is about, a lot is about knowing yourself, um, knowing your neuroses so you can deal with them better. You know you're not perfect. So how we're dealing our, with ourselves in the present time, and, and I think we will learn until, you know, uh, we're 80 years old. So so my, my biggest realization, and, and Caroline as well, is don't look back saying like, oh, I, I should have. There's it happened like that. It happened for a reason. Uh, you met the people you were supposed to meet and you had great adventures. And it, it doesn't mean also that it would have been better. It, it could have been worse because if it didn't happen, there was a reason for it. Mm -hmm. So, so it's something we really, we really discuss because we, we all have regrets, you know, and, and, and also instead of turning back, we should focus on, on now and on, on the future. And, uh, it's, it's also a big lesson of, of, as we, you know, your teenage, you want to, you want to be older, you're in your twenties, you want to have a job and you want to leave the parents' house. And then you want to have kids or you want to get married. And we're like, okay, now we're 40 years old. Maybe it's time to stop projecting because we're always in the next step. We're always craving for something. And maybe we're like, oh, time flies. It's, mm. it, it's fast. So why don't we, why? And we try to be really in the present time because, you know, we're always missing something. There's never like the perfect situation of, oh, I've, I've, I'm crossing all the, the things of the kids, the career, the, the friends, the health. The, there's always something that is not really, you know, where you want to be. But instead of, oh, the next step, the next step, breathe, be happy with what you have. And I think it's really also one lesson of of getting older is just okay now we can maybe take our time and uh, and enjoy what we have you know so um, i hope it can be good a good advice from a parisian no <laughs> or, that that was beautiful i mean i'm that was just perfectly said and a perfect summation i think of this interview and the book and just life in general so thank you for sharing that it's so beautiful Worth um, so, Sophie, where can our audience find the book, uh, find you online? Tell us all the things. So we have an Instagram. Uh, I think it's called, uh, we started as How to Be Parisian, but we just added, added older, but better, but older. It's really easy to find us on, on Instagram. And then anywhere, I mean, we have, you can uh, order the book online on Amazon and all, you know, all the online libraries and please support independent libraries because they need it now uh especially after after quarantine and or during quarantine for the countries that are remaining quarantine and um and yeah in in all the good the good book bookstores and uh, uh but if you don't have bookstores near you or if they're closed you can you can find us really easily online Beautiful. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for sharing your thank light you. and your wisdom and putting this work out into the world. It is so needed. So thank you. Thank you. 
You've been listening to the Motherhood Unstressed Podcast, and I'm your host, Liz Carlisle. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you love this episode, please share it out on your social media, Instagram stories, and tag us at Motherhood Unstressed so we can share it back out and keep the conversation going on these important topics. Also, make sure that you subscribe so that you never miss out on an interview with an amazing guest or our weekly guided meditations every Wednesday. This episode is sponsored by Motherhood Unstressed CBD. This is my line of organic USA-grown hemp that was specifically designed to help you, the listener, battle stress and anxiety naturally. And what CBD does is it helps your body's own endocannabinoid system function better. So you're sleeping better, you're experiencing less stress and anxiety, and you're able to get everything done with an overall feeling of security, of groundedness, of calm. So if you would like that in your life, head on over to motherhoodunstressed.com, click the shop tab, and use the code podcast to save.